if I could go back That's the first thing I would do, I swear that I would Do my best to follow through, come up with a master plan A home run hit, a winning stand A guarantee and not a promise That I'd never let your love slip from my hand Welcome, everybody, to the Friday Night Lights podcast. With me today is Russ. Hey, how are you? And uh, Lyle is still having a few communication issues, um, but he said that he should be with us in the in the next episode, which seems like it'll be not until the new year, with uh, last week's episode being the last one until the, um, January the 5th, I think. Isn't that right, Russ? Yeah. I'll actually watch the preview for next week, or next episode, which is... <laughs> next year it uh so we we hate that lyle's not able to be here with us and then russ you're telling me that you're not going to be able to be maybe for the last couple of episodes of the entire season because you are going to be traveling to the other side of the world yeah uh i'm uh this is totally unrelated to friday night lights but uh at the end of the season i will be traveling to uh ethiopia in february to go pick up a daughter that we're adopting. Cool. cool. So I'll miss the last three episodes. So I know that our many fans will miss me and my insightful uh, quips. But when you come back and catch up on the uh, on the finale, we'll be able to do a little recap episode, I'm sure, and pull you in and get get your insight on things. Yeah, that would be that would be great. I'm sure I'll be sitting around the TV watching lots of TV in the house when I have <laughs> a eight month old coming around walking around. True. True. Well, last last episode we were able to watch was um, it's called Perfect Record, with a lot of things going on. And I, I looked at the previews last week coming into this week, and it seems like it was going to have a lot of things going. And indeed, it did. And there were a couple of twists that I still didn't expect. But I, I'm willing to say right now that at least for this season, this might have been my favorite episode. Um, I don't know that I'd say it's my favorite. It definitely has a lot going in there. I, I liked it just just because I didn't really know how I I felt at the end of it. It was one of those things where I really was I was kind of twisted up in my gut about it because it seems like there's a lot of stuff slipping out of control. But right, I think I liked it not because of not because I think oh I liked everything that was happening, but because I felt mm-hmm. an emotional response to a lot of different things. And so I think if a, if a TV show or a movie can create that response in me i think it's done a good job whether it's a yeah. good feeling or a bad feeling either way but i would agree with that i felt really uh, i felt really kind of twisted up a few times about certain things that happened well i let's go ahead i guess to go ahead and talk about those things we'll go ahead and jump in um and it starts off again you know we ended last last week with the panthers playing uh i don't know if you call it dirty ball or not but at the same time they've they gotten used to kind of a little bit of swagger going on in the way they do play and then with julie obviously having some issues um with her college life with her teacher's assistant and all those things and so they pretty much jump right into all that again oh and plus with uh um vince's dad taking care of canard i was expecting canard to show up pretty big but he did not he did not this time we might be done with him i don't know he might have uh he he might have been Scared off. I, I was kind of thinking about. You think Vince's dad still has a lot of like rep in the community, and and it it would be hard to place any type of hit on a guy like that who was who was kind of like an old school. Yeah. I mean, he's 
he seems like he's kind of like the Tony Soprano of the neighborhood. You know, he's he's kind of this guy who's a big wig, even if he's clean, which he's doesn't look like he's entirely clean. I, I don't know that he's aggravated assault. Well, I guess he could be charged with it with what he did last week. But well, he's they, not a drug dealer anymore. So they took they made it a point in the previously on Friday Night Lights or the clips ahead of time for when Deacon was talking to Coach Taylor that he said, you know, that it was he was a drug dealer and he had been put in jail for aggravated assault as well. And so they made a point to make that be a part of his history, um, even to reinforce at this time. Yeah. But but uh, he has definitely stepped up his uh, his involvement again in Vince, which I, I guess on one hand you assume that, that that was going to happen, but it seems like he's taken a much more aggressive approach. And um, you and I both have talked with Lyle about the some of the parallels and similarities with uh, the Cam Newton story, saga story, whatever you want to call it, going on right now. And it seems like it continues to get more and more uh, similar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking a couple of weeks ago when they had that road trip and coaches sitting outside talking with him. They referenced that in this episode, but there is kind of this thing when he was talking. And he said, you know, everything's going to go through me. Do we agree to that? And Vince kind of shook his head. And, you know, his dad didn't really say anything at all. And I thought, this this could be a problem later on. Yeah, I think all he said was, like, if, if it's okay with my son, it's okay with me. Something similar to that effect. Yeah. But, uh, again, it seems like whenever Ornette gets into some sort of a conflict, whether physical or verbal, his, uh, his go-to uh, – spot after that is to get some pie because last week after he beat the the crap out of canard he ended up going and eating pie you know at the at the apartment and this time he after he had the little disagreement with coach he's like now you want some pie i'm gonna get me some pie i i think the thing that's kind of uh that i thought was kind of insightful for me is that i like the fact they showed him beating up dude last week and then they show him being real confrontational to coach this week because it it heightens it heightens what he says to coach. Because now you don't even think that this is an overprotective father who's kind of dirty. You think this is a guy who really could put some serious hurt on coach point. and his family, you know. Um, and so it's it's almost that was a that was a scary conversation. I thought because it, this is the first time I've ever seen coach in a any type of defensive like, position. verbal altercation. Yeah, where where you didn't think that he. You know, you always kind of think he's a tough guy who probably could take anybody, but I'm like, he could get killed if he stands up to this guy. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I don't think they would take it that far, but but you know, they really painted him as this guy who's a really violent offender and will do anything for his son. Or maybe I don't know if he'll do anything for his son. He does seem kind of shady. He does seem kind of out for his own. I think whatever. I think Still, he's doing seems it. Dangerous. Yeah, I think he's doing it for Vince. I don't think it's totally self-serving. I think he knows, though, if my son gets a scholarship and he's already, you know, talking NFL, if then that means that he'll be able to ride some coattails. Uh, but I, I do think his initial—I may be wrong. I mean, I'm trying to give a thug attitude a benefit of the doubt here. But I think his main his main goal is to for Vince to get all that he can. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I don't. I think you're, I guess, you're right, though, in showing that it showed how violent he, he still can be last week. And then mm-hmm. that heightens, like you said, that altercation that he and he and Coach are about to have. Yeah, I think that um, 
because it's like, you know, coach didn't even, I mean, technically in the fictitious world, coach didn't even see that. Uh, but we did. So we know the potential he has even more so. He seems much scarier now than he did now that we've seen him do what he did last week. So I think if, you, if you're ever around a guy that never, ever buttons up his shirt, that means he's <laughs> – He's he's pretty uh, ba, you know. He's 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 got some swagger. That dude is a cool looking dude, though. Like he walks around with those hats, and I don't know. Maybe that sounds a little too loud. <laughs> loving of him, but I was like, that dude looks cool. He's got a definite swagger to him. I'd talk to him. I'd talk to him. Yeah. 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 I'd, I'd brag if I was friends with him in a way. No, we jumped in obviously a little bit later in the episode than starting off at the beginning. But to me, it seems a lot early in this, very early in the season, to be talking about rivalry week and playing the the Dillon Panthers already. I thought that was much earlier than I expected. I thought that was going to be like an end of the end of the year thing, like it was last year, and like you know you see a lot of college games being you know you got the iron bowl at the end of the year you got the egg bowl at the end of the year oregon oregon state oklahoma oklahoma state all the big rivalries like that seem to be at the end of the year the last episode last year too right right but but you know you gotta think this team's going further this year yeah they're they're looking to get ranked by usa today aren't they yeah um i tell you what it was a really good start for an episode the first five minutes were bam 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 pretty quality television because you have street and you have which we, I guess we haven't talked about that very much, but uh, but I was thinking Street and Buddy and Sam, Slam and Sammy all in the first uh, you know five minutes before the before the opening credits even sure. roll got all that going on. Um, I love I, I love how Buddy and them were sitting out on the sitting out on the on the field middle of the field. Yeah, they gotta protect love, their own. Don't, don't those guys have jobs? Like don't they have lives and jobs and stuff? They can just sit there. <laughs> Camp out on the field all week? I guess not. I guess, you remember last year, the game was supposed to be played at East Dillon, but their field got torn up, and so it was played at Dillon High. And so I guess the schedule, they just massaged the schedule to make it happen at East again. Yeah. Uh, I, that's what I was – because I actually thought about that. And Although, at one point during last season, this is one of the biggest blunders of uh, as far as, like, continuity errors – in the finale last year, and I may have said something about this before, but I watched it not too long ago. You know, they play at East Dillon, or they play at West Dillon, but uh-huh. they have white jerseys on because they're technically the away team, even though they're playing at home. But there's one shot where Wade Aikman, who we didn't see in this episode because uh-huh. he's coaching more, I guess, uh, but he's yelling at the team, and they're wearing blue. It's like they're wearing totally different uniforms, and I thought that was really weird. From but, last season? I didn't. From, I missed that. Yeah, and the finale, it's it's really blatant. Just go just go look at the football game. It's actually it's it's it stands out because they're wearing white the whole game, but uh-huh. there's one scene where he's yelling at the players. But so, so I guess by you know, we, we talked about it before when Eric went and talked with uh um Coach Decker. And so not to Coach Decker, but uh Mac McGill. Mm-hmm. Blue Decker is the guy that plays him. Um we assumed that he was maybe the head coach, but weren't sure. But now it looks like Aikman nor the McCoys are in town at all. And, right. uh, and Mac is actually the head coach because, you know, when Eric, you know, confronts the booster club of the, of the Panthers who, again, do they have jobs or not? They're all sitting around in a restaurant, swapping stories, slapping backs. Um, 
you know, th- that was where that was where they're hanging out. And Eric, you know, even addressed Mac, and he just kind of looked down, didn't say anything about it. But mm-hmm. it's, well, that guy's that guy's a racist. He doesn't care about those guys. <laughs> he he made that clear in uh, yeah. season one. Yeah, um, yeah, he didn't care about any of those um, football players. <laughs> uh, Isn't that public knowledge though? Your your rap record, or I guess if you're if you're a minor, maybe it isn't. Yeah, because you know they can't even release names if they're if they're minors on on TV and stuff. That's right. I I don't really know what the legalities of that. It it does seem that's some messed up stuff right there. Like that's that is some low blow kind of. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't really expect that to happen. Unless JD McCoy was still there, that does seem like a McCoy move. Yeah. No, I, I really kind of I really wanted to see Joe. Because I wanted somebody to hate. Um, <laughs> beside, I, I just wanted to sit him with his little smug grin. But actually, isn't it kind of nice that they're like non-existent at all to see what coach coach did with them? Yeah. I, I just get. I mean, this is just me taking the story to a different level in my own head that they don't even mention. But I just imagine that Aikman and the McCoys are gone because they had such a failing season last year, and um. They had to leave because they basically got run out of town because they ruined the Panthers. Right, right. And wouldn't he be JD? Shouldn't he be like? Uh, is he a junior or a senior this year? Technically, he'd be a junior because two years ago he's a freshman. That's right. Remember? So he would be, you know, again one of the top quarterbacks nationally. You assume mm-hmm. somewhere. So he probably went off to another quarterback coach, knowing how how Joe moves folks around. But again, maybe I don't see the the big problem with all these hits. I mean, you lead with your shoulder a little bit, I guess, but you know, I watch high school football, I watch college football. I mean, you celebrate those hits, but you don't go like, "Oh, that was a too hard of a hit" all yeah. the time. You hit a receiver, you hit a quarterback. It seems like they're blowing it, things a little higher out of proportion than need be. It didn't really. Yeah, I, and I don't I didn't see a whole lot of I I guess the all the the penalties were all the celebration stuff, which I'm really shocked. I love what they did with the football this time, even though, you know, we've been talking a, a lot about how, I know we keep skipping around a lot, but we've been talking a lot about how the whole season they've been painting the the lines as this, as this thug, like, out-of-control team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they really kind of prove it again with all the penalties and dancing and stuff. But that seems really uncharacteristic of him. For Tinker to be taunting the other team as they've just destroyed them while they're walking off the field, I mean, I just, Tinker. I was like, is this the same guy that got yelled at last year for having a mustache? That's my field. Yeah, get off my field. But I mean, you just remember when Coach was like, "Hey, Tinker, why don't you shave that mustache?" Like on a I, I right. Was thinking how far he has fallen, and I think part of it has to do with maybe the fact that they're so over criticized. the The team is just. I mean, yeah, I would be tempted to let that go a little bit if I felt confident that Dylan, somebody Dylan, was responsible for putting that stuff on online. Right. Well, I think even earlier in the season, you know, when he was it Luke was suspended for a game because of a hit that wasn't really a bad hit, and he felt they were getting, uh, you know, the other team was getting preferential treatment all the time. So he was like, "Well, we're gonna have to, you know, go an extra step." So obviously, Coach Crowley is not in cahoots with this even though uh, it seemed like he didn't mind it last week or two weeks ago mm-hmm. playing down at kingdom 
but I like that because the, the whole time I felt this is really bad. The, the team looks really yeah. undisciplined, and that's not who we are, like Eric. Yeah, when he said when he said that's not who we are, and when he said I don't feel like celebrated, I, I just want to be like, yeah, good. Solid. I really want a coach to like not just yell at Vince, but just go in and be like, I'm embarrassed of you for for winning this way. It still makes no sense, you know, you're talking about yelling at Vince afterwards when Vince was supposed to take the knee in the victory formation and threw a 65-yard bomb, which was pretty amazing, um, considering how far he's came in the last, what, 15 games. But uh, for he and Vince to get into it that way and Vince to yell at him and walk away and start celebrating and coach not to do anything, to me it again makes me wonder, and I don't want to think this, but is he losing the hold on the team that he has? Oh yeah, I, I think that's what they're trying to paint it paint it as is that he really has no control over the team, which they should lose if that's the case. Like I, re- if they're going to paint it that way, I think they should lose pretty soon, and they should show. Maybe that's what they'll do. Maybe in a couple of weeks they'll show them lose, and him regroup everybody together and say, "All right, let's play like we know how to play." Right, but I don't know how easy that is. Yeah. You know, I mean, because they've already been branded as a team as you know criminals, violent offenders. I think was how uh, was how Slam and Sammy ended up saying it. Yeah. On the uh, a team full of violent criminals, and so how, so that now it's almost like they're going to embrace that identity. Mm-hmm. You know, don't screw with us, or we'll you know knock your jock in the ground or whatever. But I don't know. I feel bad because it seems like he's losing that as far as control and he still feels helpless with uh with with his daughter his oldest daughter who was put to work in a big way uh, having to get i guess she had to take her sister to school pick her up get you know barbecue mm-hmm. for 300 some odd people in that backyard and everything so julie you know that was a still a small story going on there um I expected her mom I expected Tammy though to to speak a little more instead of just give those knowing looks to uh to the teacher's assistant there out at Burleson. Yeah. I, um, I, I thought that was a pretty good scene, actually, how she just kind of stood there and made him squirm, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, but I tell you, man, I think they should just kick Julie out of the house. Be like, fine then. We're taking your car because we paid for it, and you're going to – you're you're just going to find your own way to live if you want to be – because she's, she's such a brat. She's a whiny. She's, when, when he – I mean – I agree with everything Coach says when he's like, why can't she go to Burleson and get her own coursework, you know? And was she a kindergartner? Because she's acting yes. like one. She's acting like a little kid. Totally. It drives me crazy. I can't handle her. So I know Lyle thinks she's hot and all, but. That, that only goes so far. No kidding. And what do you think of as far as, uh, as, as speaking of girls, Jess? Jess seems to think that she is – she's seeing something that she's not appreciating or not liking out of Vince and his dad's relationship for even, you know, her saying, Oh, so he's moved in now. She's like, is that okay? Is that cool? And then she could tell that some of the things that he's saying, that her, his dad, that Vince's dad is saying is probably not leading Vince in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, they've always kind of painted her as this girl that has a good head on her shoulders. She's real smart and real wise. And maybe that's it. She just kind of has this kind of un, uneasy feeling i guess yeah. about 
what's going on there. And of course, if you see, I, just watch the previews for next week, you see that she's about to be pulled into the middle of it, mm-hmm. too. So, yeah. What, what was your take on Street? At first, Street came in and he, he had a little barbecue for uh, with lunch with Coach, and you know, Coach was trying to give him a red hat, and he was telling him about his, you know, his kid, and he's married and everything, and then started talking about interest from. Uh, from college coaches and I thought that was a nice little way I guess to bring Street back in but then we see Street at the Panthers practices and everything in a Panthers jersey in rivalry week which didn't make any sense to me at all while when they're preparing to play their rival and who has you know put up these websites about their previous criminal records but he's still wearing a Panther jersey and then after spending the week at practice in East Dillon he is on the Dillon sidelines is he, yeah. coach, is he coaching? Yeah, it looks like he's just giving a pep talk. Here's here's my question about that is, after all that he had been through and how that school used him and then basically threw him away after his injury, would you want anything to do with him? Wouldn't you have a little bit of resentment toward that? I toward would. That? I would too. Completely. And, um, especially, I just – I don't. I don't know. Maybe I thought that his loyalty would lie to coach because that's the way it should. Because we love coach so much. But sure. Um, well, I thought I was interested. Go ahead. I, I don't know that I'd be as supportive of. I love how also he just he wheels over to coach and it's like, hey, you know, you got a problem here. <laughs> oh crap, Street. <laughs> Thanks for the insight, buddy. Yeah, because he was getting. Uh, questions from Vince's dad about which schools on TV the most and how is it going to be able to, you know, appeal most to the NFL scouts and everything. And of course I, I would accept streets opinion right now, if he just got bumped up to a full fledged agent recently and everything. But I thought that was a great little side comment. You know, you got a problem right as they cut the commercial. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the street thing is, I didn't understand him coming and wearing a Panther jersey. To It seems like you'd be a little bit more diplomatic like that, especially if you're trying to – I mean, I guess he's not trying to represent Vince but because that would be super illegal. But, <laughs> That's a 16, 17-year-old. Yeah. And, but still, it just doesn't make sense if it, you're over there. If you're an agent now, you'd hopefully carry yourself and dress yourself in a more neutral fashion, in a more professional <laughs> fashion. Right, exactly. Yeah, all agents have like law degrees and ties on, not him. But interesting though, and uh, Coach actually does get a call from a from a, a college down in Florida, and I didn't quite catch the name of the school. Um, I didn't go back and listen again, but he was like, "I'm not interested in a heck, I mean, in an assistant position." And he's like, "Well, I don't have a position for you, but I'm, I'm willing to give you a head coaching job." How big of a school are we assuming this is that he's going to take a jump from, you know, high school coach all the way to head coach at a university? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, but you know, maybe it's just some small school that. That's. I was thinking, of, what if it's like a D two school or something like that? Because that yeah. wouldn't be too much of a jump. Um, I guess but, even you know Gus Malzahn went straight from head coach to office coordinator in the SEC, um, and he's you know. Uh, well, I I will tell you this is that I know that he, you know who, they made a comment. I don't know if you caught this when Jess was talking about Baylor, uh, the Baylor camp. Yeah, she was talking about Baylor camp, and he said that he placed a call into Coach Bryles, 
And, you know, Baylor's coaches are Bryles, who coached at Houston. But he was, like, a huge uh, offensive guru, like, quarterback maker in in high school, in Texas high school, before he went to work. He went to work, I believe, for Mike Leach and then got hired by Houston. Okay. When he was offensive coordinator. But I don't I, – I know that he coached – I don't know why I know this. <laughs> but he coached, like uh, – he coached like Brandon Stewart, you know, that went to Tennessee, Tennessee but yeah. and went in the Big Twelve with to A and M and uh, Houston's quarterback, not, not uh, Kevin Cobb, uh, was um, he coached him in high school too? Uh, before he went to Philadelphia, he went to Houston and then Philadelphia, right? Yeah, he went to Houston and Philly. So, so I'm but, wondering how much that storyline is going to continue throughout the season because obviously this coach, I mean this uh, athletic director, is saying well. I'm not through talking with you. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. It it would be awesome if he went moved to Florida and got a new job, and that way he could just be like, "Hey, Julie, you're fitting for yourself. I'm sorry, I've done all I can with you." And then she moves to Chicago to chase Matt down. Just some boy. <laughs> yeah, just some dude to eat her uh, for three years and was devastated when he left. Her tofu scramble. <laughs> I was, I was watching it with my wife, and I was like, tofu scrambles, is that what she said? And then later on, you see Eric going, what the heck is this stuff? <laughs> um, what? I don't know if there's really much to be said, much to be said about the uh, storyline with Luke. You know, of course, Billy's training him in his private facilities out back by the toilet and the slinging the tire and doing uh, fender presses. Which, yeah. Yeah, well, here's what here's what came to my mind that I was really hoping they would do when they showed like Luke working in the backyard. I was hoping they would cut over to JD McCoy, like like in Rocky IV, <laughs> yes. working in a big lab, get, just, getting just steroid like, injections. Yeah, getting and and uh, you know with all these uh, big uh, big money facilities, and you see J- uh, Luke swinging like, a sledgehammer on a tire. Yeah. I love um I really like the Billy Luke storyline. It's so funny when when Billy tells Luke about going to the landing strip. Yes. And Luke keeps asking questions like when does she work? On weekends or Wednesdays or what? And I just thought that was man, I thought that was super funny. I laughed real hard. And how Billy is kind of like tuned into what he's asking, but still is kind of clueless. And at the same time, Luke knowing that as a high school I think he's uh, he's ambiguous, junior or senior, either way. Uh-huh. I think he's a junior that he was able to still get into the landing strip if he really wanted to. Anyhow, yeah, he he had no reservations about mm-hmm. trying to get in there. Like he was not even remotely scared that that would be an issue. So, I wonder with our conversation about last episode, if Mindy ends up at the landing strip, and then they're like, you know, Billy Mindy two point <laughs> Uh, didn't I, I felt so sorry for Becky because didn't it really look like when Becky walked out there with that baby, I was like, oh, this is your future. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you're going to be. Which I don't want to paint that down because there's really nothing wrong with like staying in your hometown and having kids and having a family and stuff like that. But I just more along the lines of I'm going to be this townie. Right. It's real young, you know. Um because I don't have any dreams for myself. Just uh, 
a note to every single person out there: don't take uh, relationship advice from Billy Riggins. <laughs> but uh, but then Luke at the end said, "Well, hey, it actually worked." But uh, so maybe. See, I hated that whole thing because I was like, "This looks like this is like a storyline from an '80s sitcom or something," you know. I was I was just thinking the whole ignore her. So I said, I've seen this before. And then they use all that to turn into like a joke right. where he goes, yeah, it worked, didn't it? And I just, I thought that was pretty funny. I said, you know, they still know how to set up, set up some pretty good stuff. It's kind of like on a small level, what they do with Julie. Cause you don't care about the whole time. And now you're <laughs> like, Hey, I see how this is a good thing. Well, going back to the, uh, to the, Post game, and then obviously the Vince and uh, his dad, or- Ornette and Coach, thing. One of the things I'm trying to figure out what happens next is because it looked like he was really, really fired up at the barbecue, and then after the game, obviously he was fired up. And then he was, you know, I guess it was still one of the college guys, TMU or whoever, talking with the two of them outside of the stadium. And I thought Eric was going to walk over there. Or I thought he was going to wait in his Explorer to talk to him afterwards, and he still didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking, would he? bench Vince just to show him that I am still in charge and then would Vince's dad get pretty fired up about that and start you know trying to use some some muscle either figuratively or literally to uh, to make sure he because obviously he's you know he he's calling some plays telling his son to do this and that and coach isn't going to stand for that he's benched JD or whoever before you know running the wrong plays yeah and you would think that, uh, you know, Cafferty played a little quarterback because they ran Wildcat last year. You would uh-huh. think that at least for for like a quarter or something, he could pull him out. I I really hope that – I mean, I know they got a lot going on next week or whatever, but I, or the next episode, but I really hope that he does – there's a scene in the next episode where he takes control of something instead of just kind of lets everything spiral because that's what he's doing right now. He's letting everything – just kind of spiral. He's hands off with Julie, and he's hands off with the team, and we need him to say, "Okay, I'm gonna gain a little control. I'm gonna get my crap together in some way." Right. Uh, but that's what that that would I think would be an interesting storyline if he did even bench Vince for like half a game or something. Yeah. You no, know, which what I they think he has do. to because if you don't, then you're you're again ceding control. Yeah. Do you think he wants to win so bad though, and prove everybody so so bad that? that prove everybody so wrong that he'll just be willing to do whatever. I don't know. Because of course, you know, he did call for the knee at the end, but then with that pass, everybody now is, you know, heaping criticism upon them. Um, And he didn't ask for that. He did, you know, allow the play to go, I guess the rest of the game to be pretty, pretty intense. But I'm wondering if he cares about his image or not. I, I mean, I, I don't even more than his image. I would think that that he. I mean, he's just always been kind of a man of like character and responsibility. You know, he just seems like that he would say, "This is not how I coach teams. This is not how we play football." You know, right. <laughs> or this is this is not how I live my life. Or I, I don't know. It just it seems very uncharacteristic of him to be so hands off and to let everything kind of fall apart in front of him. I can't imagine this would go on for very much longer. Um, so, but then is, is heading off to Florida or somewhere else, is that an easy escape hatch? I would hope not. I mean, I, I, yeah, it is kind of. 
seems like what Julie's doing right now. That's true. It's hard. But I don't know. I think I'd really like to see him just kind of reign in the team before he goes away in some way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, looking at the uh, at previews for next week, it obviously seems that the uh, recruitment events is still going to continue to to get in the way of a lot of things, um, it's, even as friendship with Luke. Because, you know, we wondered uh, – we didn't see much of Luke events together, at least as friends or, or not this this uh, past episode. Um, it looks like that's still a pretty major, major issue between the two of them. Yeah. Well, you know, in the – here we go with our spoiler alert next, right. next episode. But if if it turns out the way you know the, the way they paint it in the previews, it says that Vince skips a practice to go on an unofficial visit. Uh-huh. If that's the case, I would hope that the coach would would at least bench him at least for a half or something. Yeah, you can't just not show up at practice and. I don't know. There's a team in Cocoa Beach, Florida, who's playing in the high school uh, playoffs, and one of the players got suspended from, uh, I think, for school or from the team for something for one week. And he came back, but he wasn't able to play. The coach didn't play him because his rules don't practice, you don't play. Mm-hmm. And even though the kid has served his, you know, suspension as as you know he should have with the uh, thing, it was a team rule and. They ended up getting behind, came back and won like either fourteen to thirteen or seventeen to sixteen or something. Still won the state title down in Florida. But I wonder if, if coach will stand by that rule as far as saying, you know, well, if you don't practice, you don't play. And yeah. if you, and it looks like it's about to come out that he didn't just like, you know, sleep in or get drunk and was hung over or whatever else, but that was he was going on a visit to Oklahoma. Which yeah. I'm not exactly sure where Dylan is, but I think traveling all the way up to to Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma is probably a pretty good haul. Well, it shows him. It shows him on Texas's field. Oh, is that Texas, not Oklahoma? Okay. Yeah, well, he says Oklahoma, but it shows him on Texas's field. So I thought that was kind of weird too. I don't know if that's anyway. Right. Because uh, I just remember the Longhorns end zone. That's right. I mean, it's not like he drove to Mexico to inject shark shark stuff in his, <laughs> in his back. Very true. Hey, how about this? This is what's go. This is how ridiculous this show has gotten into my brain. I was watching the clips from this fake football game, and the whole time I was thinking, okay, the Aikman, Wade Aikman and the McCoys are gone, but how? would it be a great 30 for 30 documentary if, like, the fall of the Dillon Panthers, about yeah. how the storied program uh, forced the coach out, and then two years later, did, did make, make doesn't look like they're a playoff caliber team. They didn't pound it. And I was thinking, too, that Luke obviously should have known number 85. That Weren't they on the same team last year? Yeah. Yeah. And that's Landry's old number, too. I was thinking, hey, they represent. You yeah. Know, go Clark. Um, I thought that was – yeah, that was funny to me. I, I'm watching this football game, and the hits don't look that hard. Nothing looks illegal, but it – it really is bothersome how much dancing and jumping up and down and standing over. And, yeah. That just seems uncalled for. Yeah. There's too many hankies. <laughs> A lot of laundry on the field. They're, yeah. They're like the U. They're like University of Miami. So we're seeing or hearing a lot of slamming Sammy, but it seems that, uh, Willie Galt, he must've hung it up this year. I guess, I guess so. 
Uh, I, I wonder if they've picked up a better affiliate than El Fuego. <laughs> and Buddy's not been on the radio though, so. Yeah. On the field. Well, he's got field. too much protecting the field to do. <laughs> buddy. Been some good, good buddy. <laughs> buddy, <laughs> buddy Juniors. We haven't seen as much of him. Of course, we saw him watching the, the, uh, I guess the laptop that one time, but we've not seen as much of him. Yeah. Anything else to this episode that stands out? Uh, I don't know. Probably so, but we, I think we covered pretty much everything. <laughs> I think so too. That was a really good pass that uh, Vince threw. It really was. As well. <laughs> I'm sitting here watching it now. It's Lyle 2.0. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, I'm trying to do it for Lyle. So. Well, hopefully um, we may get a, an episode of the podcast out during the uh, during the Christmas break because we have basically, what, two or almost three weeks until the next episode now. And um, we may try to pull out a surprise episode here. But um, we'll be back uh, the first week of January. Um, and so over this break, if you have anything to add, anything you'd like to, to – uh, for us to talk about, please let us know by visiting the website or the email as well. Yeah, all the information is at fnlpodcast.com. And um, hope everybody has a great Christmas and looking forward to the new year.
Teach me some.